0: Keep up to date with the latest WSL action and the biggest interviews. You'd be delighted, Karen, if you just like Katie doing full-on attack. On- <laughs> oh, this, is, this is the best team I've seen in weeks. Get her up there. <laughs> <laughs> Subscribe to the Koi Gig podcast stream on the OTV Sports app now.
1: The News Round. On Off The Ball. With Gillette. Put your best face forward with our new and improved razors.
0: Yeah, you're very welcome along To Thursday nights off the ball It's Richie McCormick here with you Until 10pm tonight It feels like the last two hours Have brought a full week's worth of news We'll try and catch you up on as much of it as we possibly can over the course of these next couple of hours, uh, because there is a lot going on, or indeed, there's a lot uh, going off. While the contemporary landscape, as they say, is eroding at a rate of knots, the Republic of Ireland have discovered their Nations League itinerary. We'll look at what lies ahead for Stephen Kenny's squad in League B. Dan McDonald is going to join us for the duration of the football show after nine o'clock tonight. And uh, we have a special edition of Friday Night Racing looking ahead to the festive uh, cards on offer over the course of the next couple of weeks uh, we're going to have Jer and Johnny Ward joined by Robbie Parr and Katie Walsh that was brought forward Friday Night Racing as you might imagine by 24 hours Uh, because we thought we were going to have Leinster Montpellier tomorrow night. Turns out we're not. Uh, We'll get into that in more detail after 8 o'clock with Jerry Thornley and we'll also uh, tell you more about it on the news round imminently. And uh, what will go ahead tonight, we'll look back on the week's football so far uh, with the one and only John Giles. That is coming our way uh, just before half past 7 tonight. If you want to get in contact tonight, you can do 53106 for 30 cent is how you can text us, you can tweet us as well. And off the ball, we'll be delighted to hear from you and what you make of the day's stories, this show getting the go ahead. I'd like to say, joining us for the news round in studio is Amory Donnell. Hi,
2: Marie. Richie.
0: Good evening, and joining us online as well. and uh, This evening is Joe malloy Joe, how are you?
1: Hey, folks. How you doing?
0: it's uh, as I say it's been a bit of a, a turbulent couple of hours in the last while because we learned that Leinster's trip to Montpellier in the Heineken Champions Cup is off five Premier League games across uh, the weekend are now off and we found out as well just before Liverpool uh, take on Newcastle tonight that Curtis Jones Virgil van Dijk and Fabinho have all tested positive in their squad uh, for Covid-19 so the chances of Liverpool's uh, game with Spurs going ahead of the weekend have suddenly uh, gotten a little bit uh, well they've gotten a little bit wider I think at this stage and it's, it's turning into uh it feels like we've regressed joe i guess is the is the short way yeah. of putting it, it feels like we've, we've stepped back into you know march of, of 2020 and uh, everything seems a little bit bleak unfortunately
1: it really does doesn't it the pace is quickening and the news is not good the uk seems to be london in particular absolutely ravaged at the moment mm-hmm. and hopefully that fate doesn't befall us and we can get ahead of that a touch but Premier League in massive trouble even the Scottish Premier League Premiership in massive trouble there's already mumblings and talk of a circuit breaker of sorts to just try and sort out what's going on at various Premier League clubs and then Leinster Montpellier I suppose all week we knew this fixture was in doubt but it's the 28-0 scoreline in Montpellier's favour which has clearly angered Leinster so the EPCR have been uh, talking about this and They're pretty clear they have a match risk assessment committee. It's made up of independent doctors. It's made up of people with expertise in virology. And what they cite in particular is the new positive COVID-19 test from Leinster and Leinster for their part. have come out and said, listen, we have had five rounds of antigen testing, four rounds of PCR testing in the last six days. We have a group of players and staff who right now, have come through every stage of those tests and they have been selected to travel to France and to play. And so as a result of all these tests, we even have a letter from Public Health Ireland saying we are good to travel. I suppose from the EPCR point of view, uh, you will have noted, I'm sure, the Leinster press release today, citing a number of uh, senior players who've tested positive for COVID-19. So they don't specify the number. Mm. They just say an additional number. Now, that could be one or that could be 20. We don't know um montpellier's last positive case was on monday so they had a fifth case on monday and they had a round of testing on wednesday which has turned up negatives all the way through leinster have had positive tests plural uh, just today and so uh, clearly the epcr and the advice that they're getting is that well with each passing day in leinster new cases are continuing to arise and so the suspicion or the worry or the risk is that that trend is continuing so even the bunch of players and staff who have tested negative and they fly out to France. There is obviously in their, in the EPCR's mind a risk that some of those will test positive. Therefore, the match is not safe to go ahead. Now, in the Premier League world, that's not great, but it's not a 28-0 scoreline because there's room in the calendar. There is no room here. EPCR have to plough on. And so it's 28-0. Leinster beat Montpellier by 35. You know, they put 35 points on the scoreboard away from home. Last year they probably would have beaten Montpellier, who were themselves, you know, whooped by Exeter last week. So um, in this sprint finish of a group stage, it really kind of puts them behind the eight ball. Probably, maybe not really with qualification, but certainly in terms of getting home venues or home fixtures for the knockout stages. And I guess, geez, they can't risk another COVID outbreak and another twenty-eight nil. So um, yeah, for Leinster, this um, is just disastrous, really disastrous in the context of sport. Obviously, hopefully, everyone's okay.
0: Yeah, that's that's the thing that I think might have people scratching their heads a little bit this evening is wondering why this is seems to be, you know, fault is the wrong word here, but it seems to be the EPCR's view that Leinster can't fulfil this fixture, whereby Leinster, as you mentioned there, have a letter from Public Health Ireland. They have selected a match day 23 to travel, who are literally okay to travel. They went through all the hoops that they have to jump through to go to France to fulfil this fixture. And yet the EPCR say no, but instead of awarding a draw, which you would imagine is what Leinster were pushing for in this instance, because there's no fault here, Montpellier have gotten a 28 nil bonus point victory. That's where I think, I, I don't think anybody would have a problem with a game being called off if there is sufficient risk or if there is uh, a worry that there's going to be an outbreak of Covid as a result of the fixture going ahead. I think what people will, will you know wonder about is why Leinster are being quote-unquote punished here, because... That's how it comes off by awarding Montpellier a 28-0 yeah. bonus
1: point victory. I can see that argument. I can also see where the EPCR are coming from. So, I mean, it's not the EPCR making the decision. It's their medical group, their medical expertise, and the medical group are turning around and effectively saying, we have all the data from both clubs here. We have all the data. We're getting all the information. Montpellier, no positive case, uh, no positive case since Monday. They're okay to play. They don't pose a sufficient risk to cancel the game so they're turning up ready to go leinster do pose the risk the reason the match is not going ahead is because of the risk leinster pose and so i can see why therefore it's 28 nil montpellier i do see how they've reached that decision it's not fair on anyone i mean it's awful it's not fair on leinster leinster would have won the game i suspect if it had gone ahead but when your medical committee is saying this is not safe and it's not safe because of the risk posed by one team and not the other I can see how the other team says, well, you can't you can't take the points off us.
0: Hmm. We saw that there was going to be meetings as well involving the EPCR and the Eleanor who look after uh, the French uh, teams and the French League about what's going to happen with uh, the fixtures going ahead this weekend because not only that, we've supposedly having cash coming to Thomond Park on Saturday as well. Like, there's no... Uh, word or no rumblings or anything like that that we've we've got COVID outbreaks. Obviously, Munster have gone through their own problems in the last couple of weeks, but we haven't seen anything really from the cash side of things. But if, if there is a case whereby French teams are suddenly finding themselves in, in danger of travelling, this competition, as it stands yeah. at the moment, can end up collapsing very, very quickly.
1: Uh, it's it's teetering, like it is teetering. Last year, there were obviously a whole host of 28-0 scorelines, and there was just a degree of, we just have to get on with it. I mean, if Leinster, arguably the favourites to win the thing, were not to qualify because of these kind of decisions, then the integrity of the competition is completely undermined, completely undermined. Again, it's no one's fault. It's a product of COVID. It's a product of no flexibility mm. in the rugby calendar. But I mean, like I said, big when, when it starts happening to tournament favourites and potentially affects their chances of winning, then, yeah, the integrity is is massively undermined. And like what's what's the conclusion the conclusion is well we're in a pandemic the world's not fair life's not fair get on with it do you know what i mean what like what what, what can you say beyond that that's it's it's rotten but that's unfortunately what what can you do
0: yeah it's um it's going to repeat itself uh, over the next couple of weeks we'll we'll get into what it means for the world of football as well because we've seen five games called off as i mentioned liverpool uh, confirming three cases of COVID in their camp their game in Newcastle tonight does go ahead Uh, but Virgil van Dijk Fabinho and Curtis Jones have all contracted COVID so the way the pattern has gone it suggests that if there is three cases then we're going to see more and if we do see more then their game against Spurs at the weekend is going to be in major doubt we've already got five games this weekend uh, preemptively called off because of various COVID-19 outbreaks so the Premier League as you mentioned there, like there's been talk of a circuit breaker, but there's also, you know, saw Miguel Delaney tweeting about it earlier on, saying that the Premier League seemed determined to just press ahead. But again, like we're talking about integrity of competitions, is, is going to be something of an issue because, like Spurs, Won't to play the game in like a month heading into mm. to Christmas. If if that's if, and it's a big if, and I'm not saying that this is going to happen, but if that Liverpool game happens to not go ahead at the weekend, then you've got teams who are not playing for a month, you've got others who are playing catch up and end up playing like three games in a week and. Suddenly the playing field Is a little bit More uneven Than the Premier League Tends to be usually
1: Yeah So difficult for them I mean And the other thing is They may say Well let's have a circuit breaker And what does that guarantee Have a circuit breaker Two weeks go by And then You're due to play again And it turns out Another team put their hand up And say Well sorry actually We've had an outbreak So maybe The logic of just Pressing ahead as, As they best can When there's no guarantee A circuit breaker works for them Is the right thing to do Um I guess they have a lot more flexibility. I mean, we may be in for a season with a raft of Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday night matches, and so be it. Again, it's just one, it's just one of those things, isn't it? Yeah, integrity will come into question. It's not ideal, but nothing's ideal at the moment. So, yeah. you know, there we are.
0: I think everybody's fears is going back to um, to playing behind closed doors, but unfortunately, that seems like it could be a reality. We'll get into uh, the news round, which is of course brought to you by Gillette. Put your best face forward with our new and improved razors. Amory, we start with that Leinster disappointment.
2: Yeah, and their Heineken Champions Cup game, which was due to take place tomorrow evening, is off. As Joe said, the EPCR announced this evening that following a meeting of an independent match risk assessment committee, it was deemed the game couldn't go ahead safely. So therefore, it has been awarded to Montpellier 28 points to nil. So that's five match points. They say that's in accordance with the tournament rules. Leinster have expressed their serious disappointment with this decision this evening, saying that their squad and staff have had five rounds of antigen tests, four rounds of PCR tests in the last six days. They had a group of players and staff ready to go to travel to France, and then the decision was made. They've questioned why the game could not have been deemed a draw.
0: And then the football as well, because we've got a bunch of games off if you want to run through them as well.
2: Yeah, the Premier League is resisting, as you said, calls to suspend all matches this weekend following two more coronavirus-related postponements this afternoon. Leicester City and Tottenham tonight had to be shelved, as did Manchester United and Brighton. That was due to take place at lunchtime on Saturday. And then this evening, four more games have had to be called off. Southampton and Brentford on Saturday, Watford and Crystal Palace on Saturday, West Ham and Norwich is also gone and Leicester City won't be going to Everton on Sunday. So that means five of the ten Premier League games at the weekend are gone, so half of the matchday fixtures.
0: But we do get two tonight. Yeah, there
2: there are. It feels like this could be the last two for a while. (laughs) There are two tonight, and in these two, two of the top three are in action. Second place, Liverpool entertain Newcastle. That kicks off at eight, er, and then at seven forty-five, Chelsea welcome Everton to Stamford Bridge. Seamus Coleman on the bench there for Everton.
1: Yeah, and Rich, go on, Joe. I was just going to say the one hope for the Premier League is that there's no doubt, probably like all of us, let's be honest, that um, we felt like we were well past the worst of this and Delta had a certain transmissibility. And so we had got into habits that were kind of doing okay. You know, whatever we were all doing was keeping the thing largely at bay. And so they've implemented this week, haven't they, a whole bunch of New protocol around Premier League clubs, uh, testing before you enter the building, you know, big emphasis on mask wearing, all that kind of stuff again. So I suppose the hope would be there'll be a maybe 10 day lag, but that uh, the environments become very sterile again. And that's, you know, we, we just have this this brief window of Omicron running rife, but that the new protocol maybe uh, you know, counter that again and things get up and running pretty quickly. That's the hope.
2: Well, the next round of Premier League tests will be interesting because it went from, what, 12 to 42 in the last round. So you'd imagine whatever that multiplies by.
0: Yeah. Martin Ziegler had a good point earlier on. He, He tweeted out saying unvaccinated players are causing disproportionate problems in the Premier League's COVID crisis. The latest figures show that only 68% are double-jabbed in the Premier League. So that's 32%, obviously, that aren't double-jabbed against COVID-19. In the English Football League, so those are the three tiers below the Premier League, 25% say they've no intention of being vaccinated. You contrast that with La Liga, says so Ziegler, where 92.8% are vaccinated, uh, plus 43 with antibodies. So there is, like, Jurgen Klopp had another statement about this today. He he obviously uh, made a very serious point about it yesterday in his, his pre-match press conference that... They, like they at Liverpool are doing their best to make sure that everybody is double jabbed and making every, making sure everybody is that's eligible, eligible for a booster can get a booster and is getting a booster so there are clearly some clubs who are more proactive about this than others and I know Liverpool obviously've had three cases today so um people will say what use does it do but it does cut down on the you know chances of you catching this thing and therefore spreading this thing. So the onus has to be on clubs to really hammer this home because otherwise we are in a situation where fixture lists are just being torn up completely because people aren't getting jabbed.
1: Yeah, and more seriously than fixture lists, people are falling seriously ill and worse. Mm. And it applies to all of us. It goes beyond football. Look, we've had this conversation a million times. Uh, Jurgen Klopp was, uh, I thought, great yesterday, made the very simple point. Why don't you just listen to people who know more than you about this? it's generally been a pretty good rule of thumb for humanity. It's allowed us to improve with each passing generation. Listen to people who know more than you, follow the medical advice of experts, and we may find a way out of this thing. As to why it's not happening in the broader community, I mean, we all know the reasons why, and football even seems to be a more extreme version of that, where their body, in effect, is their livelihood. And so they are easily spooked i would suspect and i wonder how many of them think christian erickson was vaccinated or sorry uh christian erickson yeah was vaccinated and his heart trouble in the euros was as a result of that i wonder how many of them think that uh when he wasn't you know and, and where these rumors have taken hold in certain dressing rooms and once they're in the back of a player's mind rich it seems to be hard to get them to listen to sense or reason and uh, like those stats are, are scary and those stats are even much better than where we were even two three months ago i mean it was it was chronic for a while it was like 20 percent, 30 percent when the rest of the population was mostly done
0: very slow uh, we have to get to the nation's league draw as well amory very exciting stuff for the republic of Ireland.
2: yeah stephen kenny's side will take on scotland the ukraine and armenia that's in league b of next year's nations league northern ireland then drawn in league c alongside greece kosovo and either cyprus or estonia and and there's an interesting group in League A where England, Germany, Italy and Hungary will all meet.
0: I was going through these groups, Joe. It looks like if, if you placed us as third seed, obviously, which we are in any of the groups, I don't think we could have had an easy draw. We would have the, the alternatives would have been Iceland, Russia and Albania, uh, Bosnia, Finland and Montenegro, Sweden, Norway, Slovenia. This looks like it's, you know, it's it's OK. Uh, Stephen Kenny has obviously spoken in the past that they are targeting this as something that they will look to try and win in terms of the group and what it might offer them going forward for European Championship qualification. It's navigable. I think you can say that
1: much. Yeah, I haven't seen much of the Armenians of late, I'll be honest. 89th in the world, we're 50th. Uh, the Scots were obviously familiar with. They're on a high, beat Denmark at Hampden recently, and they just look to be a country in love with football at the moment and in love with that team and their World Cup qualification still very much alive. So uh, Scotland will be a really good measure. I mean, and, you know, we should aspire to be every bit as good as Scotland. Similar populations, similar footballing cultures and profiles. So uh, that's a really good test. Ukraine, 27th in the world, last time I checked. I don't remember much about their Euros campaign. I know they beat North Macedonia and they beat Sweden in the end of 16. What times. I remember from Ukraine, yeah, what I remember from Ukraine is when England hammered them 4-0 and they look really great tired game like beaten they did i went through the results earlier on and
0: there's literally yeah. like it's it's there's the 4-0 shipping to to England back yeah. in July exactly. But yeah. like everything else is is much of a muchness um there's nothing no. really and to and like
1: I, to be honest the words you use i mean it it's very doable it's it's navigable and that's the nature of the Nations League isn't it it's a, that's what it's supposed to be it's supposed to be teams around our level you know and anyone can kind of beat anyone so look I, I Stephen Kenny seems to be about to get the new contract and take him through to the the Euros qualifiers like it kind of you know now we're into results territory now we do want results so I think this is going to be really interesting. Mm.
0: The Scots as well that that's the one that I think is probably going to be the trickiest out of a lot of them. Ukraine like I joked about it earlier on but <laughs> In a geopolitical sense, you're heading to a country there that could be invaded by Russia within the space of six months, and their situation could be very, very different to, to what it is now. Armenia, we've we've you know come across them in the past. We've been able to beat them in the past with uh, you know relative, uh, comparative ease. Uh, it seems like it's something that could be doable if if events conspire away, and God knows uh, they don't well, seem to have been doing that for everybody else at the moment.
1: I would like to hope that we're beyond hoping. Uh, Putin destabilises Europe to get us a result in the Nations League but let's see
0: we'll put in a phone call and see what he can do but jeez talk about a security risk that League A group with England, Germany, Italy and Hungary and imagine there's a few authorities across Europe gulped when they saw that being drawn out
1: and Hungary did you say? Hungary, Hungary. Yeah. Uh, yeah, big yeah. fans of those guys they really a, enjoyed that
0: a great bunch of lads uh, and before we go anne as well further Formula 1 Fallout it seems like Mercedes are, are letting it lie
2: yeah they withdrew their appeal over the result of the abu dhabi grand prix today meaning max verstappen is officially the formula one world champion Lewis Hamilton's team obviously unhappy with the way he was overtaken in that final lap after the controversial safety car restart. Mercedes welcomed the FIA's decision to investigate the circumstances of the race today, but they also congratulated Verstappen and Red Bull on their achievement.
0: Yeah, I think they nobody wanted that one to be settled in the courts. Uh, Amory, thank you so much for Thanks. coming and seeing for the news round. Joe as well, we'll uh, let you go and kind of quarantine nicely and stay clear of that uh, that Omicron awfulness. Thank you so much.
1: Cheers, guys. See you.